Open Mic is a podcast brought to you by Bethel Express of America. All right, here we are back again, episode eight of season three, and we're here with Mike and Julia Peace, and we're super excited just to catch up with you guys, see where you're at, Mm -hmm. talk about some stories. That seems to be what people are demanding at the the door. Give (laughs) us more stories. Insisting. Insisting, which is funny because you're always like a little self conscious about being the guy with the story, but yeah, <laughs> but here we are. They want hero know. small H, you know me well. The, the fact that he said that if anybody ever wondered, you definitely know me that well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, this is with um, um, Andrew the hero small H went also, yes, that's me. Moderator. That's I am good. here <laughs> moderating. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so let's talk about a lot of the questions that you kind of threw at me were a lot of musical related questions. Um, so let's start from like the top and kind of work backwards. Here. Oh, okay. Uh, musical influences. Let's talk about musical influences for you as a person. I know they're probably not all going to be hip hop. Right. Oh, you're right about is, that one. Which is normal, especially when, you, when I hear hip hop people talk about their influences because hip hop is a newer genre in a way. Right. A lot of their influences are going to be like funk era stuff right considering the fact that hip-hop has been around for 50 for just 50 years and it's not even been recognized um even in the mainstream of music society of music society no society and music you know it has for that old 50 years it has not been recognized i'd say more legitimately more like 35 maybe 40 years tops you know so considering that you know very few people could ever you know, reference hip hop beyond 50 years ago, you know? So yeah, you're definitely on point with that. And so, you know, a lot of them, you know, say, nah, you know, I I remember one rap group, the leader, he was talking about that King Cole was his influence. I'm like, whoa, you kind of edgy, bro. You know, I know Nat King Cole did not inspire (laughs) some of your lyrics, you know, what you do. But anyway, um, because I've not always been a Christian, uh, I didn't become a Christian until I graduated from college, so that made me 21. But my music influences uh, growing up were uh, James Brown, yeah, of course, um, uh, uh, Cool in the Gang, mm-hmm. um, a band called Mandrill. For those of you from back in those days, Mandrill, uh, a group called War. I know a lot of songs by War. You know, why can't we be friends? <laughs> you know, songs like that. Yeah. Um, because I'm also a musician. But the other side, of, and then the other side of of my musical influences, uh, one drummer in particular, his name is Lenny White. He was the drummer. The, uh, he was the drummer for um, Return to Forever, Chick Corea, and Return to Forever, yeah. and. Um, he just had a way. I just, I really liked his stuff. And, you know, and that was, and the genre of jazz fusion was just before hip hop, yeah. really, you know, Chickory and all those guys. I mean, they were jazz purists. They played for Miles Davis. Yeah. They played for all those guys. And then, you know, and, and Herbie Hancock and all those guys. And they just decided to go in that direction. But, um, and so in high school, um, I guess, I, I guess if we were being, I, I guess, we would be somewhat snobs, if you will, with music because that's usually when you're a snob. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's I listen to someone you've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, that was that's exactly it too. That was the same way. That's exactly it. And so, so when we would be snobs, you know, especially especially you know, 
our, you know, my my or my boys, you know, if there was a girl that got turned on from some of that stuff. We were like, oh snap, she got, she has a clue. She knows what's up, you know. <laughs> want to go get a phone number? See how she knows that, you yeah, know, yeah. that kind of a thing. And so that was, so that was an. And so th- those those are the first ones that come to mind. I could I could think of some others, but but those are the primary ones: James Brown, Cool in the Gang, Mandrill, War. Um, Crown Heights Affair, because that was they were in Brooklyn, but they were nationally known. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, the other side is the jazz side, the Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock, uh, 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 Miles Davis. So I was influenced musically, you know, by those by those musicians. Yeah. Um, when hip hop came along, you know, it was becoming really popular and things along that line. Um, of course, a lot of the music from those artists. You know, the DJs, this is before sampling, the DJs would just take the v- vinyl mm-hmm. and mix some of their stuff and just mix it back and forth like that. And so yeah, that, so those are my influences, if you will. Um, in the body of Christ, uh, and, 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 and heavily, more heavily than I, I even let on sometimes, even though I told him to his face one day, was Leon Patillo. Leon Patillo was the keyboard player for uh, Carlos Santana yeah. before Leon got saved. and um, but, say, but when he got saved and he was at Word, Word Records and he did his music, it was just so lively, so fresh, so energetic, so, mm. I mean, he was, you know, it, it, oh man, this is, not a, this is not fair to do this, but just for the sake of this conversation, he would have been, although he was older, he would have been like the Michael Jackson of Christian music back then. Yeah, yeah. Like everything he touched just soared, mm. you know, yeah, and yeah. and you know he had flavor to him too. So yeah, uh, so Leon Patolo was was definitely that guy that I went, oh wow, we could do it like this, and it's funky too. Yeah, yeah, you know that kind of a thing. Um, so I got a chance to tell Leon Patillo. I opened for him once. Yeah, I opened for Leon oh, Patillo. Yeah, yeah, long yeah, nineteen eighty eight. If I start talking about that one, that'd be a long story. It's a good story, but a long story. But anyway, I, so it was I, Leon Patillo. Not surprised that hip hop. I feel like hip hop is a natural succession to funk. I mean, you've been yes. l- listen to the cadence of the words, but God, but it's all this. Yeah. It's, it's oh like yeah. It, you're emu- it's almost like you're emulating the horn section in a funk band. It's very like you know, like it's very like it's similar. Like it makes sense that I like that hero. It's going to sound so weird. Yeah. I like that. Because I really don't connect with what all of y'all are saying because I was not <laughs> really into But you find though, so it don't matter. So then I can say what I want to say. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. I watch these old movies mm. and I look at some of the influences that were there before James Brown, before all those people, scatting, even yeah. rap, when you look at mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the rhyming and everything uh, of those old black movies and even those that had the musicals, you know, I got into that. And, I'm, and so now I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, my goodness, look mm-hmm. at that. Now, in the same vein, and this is going to be way off, but this is because of influences. I look, I watched To Serve With Love. You remember that? No. I have not seen it. Uh, baby, the, his parents. That's right. Born Your dad would know. Your <laughs> Maybe dad not. would know. Maybe not. Oh yeah. To well, serve with love came out in the sixties. Oh uh, yeah. Well, his so father. Sydney Poitier. Huh. Yeah. His yeah. Father, okay. Your father. I thought my dad was born in seventy two, seventy three. 
I'm that much older than your dad. So yeah, so he I was, was born in, okay, so, either way. So, to, so, you, so his father was four. Out, I videotaped some out. of it, and I mean, looking at it is looking at today with the the even some of the music, some of the clothing. It was so cool. I'm like, there was one outfit. I'm like, oh, I want that outfit. Yeah. I I've seen you know old movies in actually in the 40s where one of the 40s or the 50s where one of the girls had on pants that are out now mm -hmm. i'm like so it's the influences that keep reviving and reviving yeah. and coming back yeah, yeah. but um for me since i in involved myself in this conversation because it's <laughs> oh no she didn't so so women are young women at the time we like ballads we liked love songs yeah. or when i got to college the whispers were it for me mm -hmm. you know natalie cole yeah, you look at you looking uh -huh. at me. Anyway, <laughs> that was my influence. So I think it's a different perspective. Yeah. I wasn't raised in New York City. I did hear rapping the first time at a college campus party at Siena College. And the guy was rapping. It amazed me. I was mesmerized looking at him. And I didn't know mm -hmm. if it would. I said just all I could say was that's so cool. Didn't know it would last this long. Mm -hmm. I, I'm still wondering where he's at. I'm trying to remember his name first of all yeah. to try and look at look him up. But he was amazing, and he was really good, Mike. Yeah, I mean, really good. So, <laughs> yeah, you never. It's always. I feel like innovation is always interesting when you look back in in history. It doesn't have to necessarily be music, but there's always the people that go, "This will never." Yeah. yeah, yeah never oh, I heard yeah. it. Yeah, this will never dig out. Yeah, you, you know, there's always yeah. the doubters, and it's the it's the ones that persist, the pioneers that persist. They're like, no, this that's is, right. Yeah. That's right. I was just watching, um, kind of related. I was watch. I watched the the movie Air. Mm -hmm. You watched that yet? What, no, I have it, but I, I, I about Nike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Michael yeah. Huh? With oh, Michael about, Jordan. About Michael yeah, Jordan. and yes. how they approach. It's a beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful story. And Matt Damon plays the the character that really pushed yeah for nike to, mm -hmm. to sign him and mm -hmm. everyone's like no you're like you're gonna lose your job this isn't gonna happen mm -hmm. stop going after this guy he yeah. doesn't even want to be with nike because this is like a nerdy company he wants <laughs> yeah, to be with uh -huh. uh, adidas you know like mm -hmm. whatever the other companies converse and adidas i think were the two yeah like the cool brands They're like mm -hmm. don't stop stop wasting your time he's like no i believe i believe this is the guy this yeah. is gonna do something like he pushed and pushed for it and same with music like with hip hop, with any genres, like those people that just keep persisting, like, no, this is gonna be something. Like yeah. you just gotta believe it's I'm sure I'm sure for you being at kind of the edge of the pioneering, it was probably a pretty lonely road to walk <laughs> down because everyone's like, No, uh -huh. stop doing this thing. Yeah. It's not gonna last. Yeah. People aren't gonna connect to this. Um He's probably heard time. comments that he hasn't told me about. Yeah. The things people said to you. Yeah, oh yeah. The things that that have been said. I remember, <laughs> I remember one time we did a women's a women's prison. We did a women's uh it was uh it was Albion. We did a women's prison. We, it was Albion. Um and um you know, I was doing the rapping and everything and this woman off to the side, she says, "I want to talk to you later." <laughs> right? And I was like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" you know? And um, so I just, I said, okay. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, I was looking around for the guards, just making sure it's going to be good. Yeah. When it was over, she says, you have no business um, talking about the Lord with hip-hop. Mm. You have no business. You have no right to do that. Who do you think you are? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I want to say, well, um, 
I'm not a prisoner. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said to myself. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say to her, that's what I want to say to her. Well, I'm free. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, she looked like she was going to jack me. Yeah, yeah. I looked around, but I won't forget that. She looked, she said, you have no right to be in. And I'm like, I have no right to talk about Jesus to hip hop, but look where you are, though. Like, yeah. you know, Kletzkis, would you rather? Would you rather not hear the gospel music and be in prison or hear the gospel music to hip hop? You right. know, but yeah. anyway, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes, I mean, I think you're always going to have the path of resistance. Um, it's just going to be, I, I heard someone say this, actually, in my group therapy, she said, uh, her coach would tell her, anytime you start a race, if you f- if, if, if you feel anxious or something, that means, like, you're onto something. Like, yeah, something, yeah, yeah. Like, anxiety isn't necessarily a bad thing. That's like, right. You're going to feel it, and, like, that. that's telling you that there's something real here. That's right. right? It's not. That's right. If you're not, fe- if you're not feeling any, like... Like I still feel a little nervous when I get on stage, just a little bit. Like in a yeah. good way. It doesn't cripple me from doing it. Yeah. But it it it's exciting. Like it's a good it's a good feeling to be like, okay, I'm doing I'm doing the thing that I want to do. There's there's a little bit of resistance that's happening right now. Yeah. You know? It is I I don't want to go for too much on a tangent, but about the nervousness part. I was watching Phil Donahue. Uh oh, I dated myself again, but <laughs> before he was before Oprah. He's why he's the reason why Oprah's where she is today. Anyway, um Sammy Davis Jr. was on there, and at this point, Sammy had been in had been in the business forty years. At that point, yeah. And somebody said, "Do you ever get nervous?" He says, "I'm nervous right now, <laughs> right?" And we're talking the Sammy Davis. Yeah, he already had legend status. Who, who had been? I'm telling you, who had been doing it since he was a little boy. And he says, "Look," and he showed it. He put out his hand, and you could see his hands were shaking. Mm. He did, had them put the camera on. Yeah, he had been doing this since he was a little, literally, a four year old. At this point, he had been in the industry. For forty years, a little more than forty years, and he still was getting nervous. Yeah, you know he had done Vegas, and you, I mean the world. Yeah. So, <laughs> and well, he's legendary. So, but he asked Hero Small H asked you a question about, uh, and, and you related it to the whole Nike when you knew you were on to something. Mm. What made him continue? Was it for Christians? We have vision. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, for them, good. they have a dream. So what for you, may, did God give you a vision of where it was going to take you? That's a, yes, I like that. Yes. Um, for me, I, my life, and I, I know this is for everybody, but I'm just saying for the sake of the conversation, for me, I asked the Lord to give me a sign. And it does not have to be a big sign. Lord, let me know that, A, that you're pleased with this. B, you're in it, and and C, that you want me to be a part of what's going on. Anything in my life, Bethel Express, music, whatever it has ever been since I've been saved. And so, um, uh, I and he helped me realize this one day, and I've told this story so many times that I could stand on the street corner and pass out tracks and tell you that Jesus loves you. Right. Right? People would either walk by and ignore me throw it out or take the track and then half a block down or 10 feet later just throw it on the ground sometimes they let me know that they were throwing it on the ground (laughs) you know Um, but I stand on the same street corner and spit lyrics and tell them that you're gonna go to hell without Jesus and they would stand around and listen Mm. you know and the first time I, I won't forget this the first time I did it was a, a couple. I don't know if they were married. It was before I would take time to look for wedding rings. But they, they looked very close. And 
I was sitting on the corner. I was spitting lyrics about the Lord. And I was just, it was just, just like four lines about hell. But I was talking about life and everything in my lyrics. And both of them at the same time just started. I could see the tears rolling down their face, you know. And yeah. I went, "Whoa, this just got real serious." This is like, yeah, this is just me more than me just just doing this. Like they stood there, you know. And I never got a chance because you know they. I'm still in front of the people and everything. It's in an open lot, you know, and they just started walking and I never got a chance to catch up with them. But I knew that was, you know, that was, that was a sign mm -hmm. that I was on to something. So did yeah. you ask this, the Lord for a sign that I was going to be the one walking through this with you? Oh, the day I saw you, I guess I, I think I had the sign. I just did not know it. Uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed you being with you. So question for you, like being, you know, kind of through that era of like pioneering, is there anything now Michael Peace would say to then Michael Peace? Mm -hmm. That's good. <laughs> now Michael Peace had talked about yeah, then Michael Peace. Yeah. Um uh be just a little bit more sensitive, Mike, to people when you're doing what you're doing because you were don't be so don't be so confident that you sounded arrogant um about your relationship with the lord um because i i was i because you know hip hop has always been competitive yeah it has always been uh braggadocious if you will sure sure um it has very very self-centered but but what about me though i'm not i like you know, the Apostle Paul said, I have nothing to boast of except him crucified, Christ, him crucified and resurrected. So I wasn't boasting about me. Yeah. You know, um, I wasn't, it was not a centered around me. It was centered around Jesus, you know, but still the, the, there's just a, a certain type of energy. I'm trying not to say a spirit, but there's a certain kind of energy related to hip hop that when you're saying what you're saying, you got to know, what you, 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 you have to be confident. Like, you have to feel me when I'm saying what I'm saying. And that's that's what it is in hip-hop. Any, any rapper is like, you've got to feel me. And so the, only way, the best way for that to do is for whatever is inside of you to come forth. And so that, that comes forth with, with a lot of confidence. Right. But I, 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 looking back, sometimes I was so confident about the Lord, and the, problem, the Lord doesn't have a problem with that. You know, the Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for his power of God unto salvation, for to the Jew and to the Gentile. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I was so confident, it almost seemed like I took on the persona of Jesus himself. Yeah. You know, like, I'm doing this for you, the Lord. Lord, if you were spitting lyrics, this is what you would say, and this is how you would say it. Yeah, it was yeah. that kind of a thing. And so looking back, I would say, Mike, 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 bring it down just a little bit. Nah, Mike, bring down a lot, <laughs> a lot more, Mike. So people are not so into you that they were actually could tell that you were into Jesus more yeah. than how you were coming across. Yeah, that, that would be, that would be the the number one thing. The only other one, I mean, there are others, but I'm I'm just the ones that at the forefront of my mind. The only other one that I would do would be um, I I did not spend very much time, if at all, any time helping the people who brought us in to understand that um, that that we don't see this as a business. 
we don't see this as as a thing that we just are doing, that we're really serious about this because yeah. th- there is no question about it. People were bringing us in because they knew that they could, it would be we would be a good fundraiser. Sure. Uh, praise God, hallelujah, amen for that. But I'm just, I just was, but I think that's all they saw it for. Sure. They could take, I could, you could tell sometimes they could take it or leave it when it came to hip hop, you know. But yeah. it's like, well, this guy is popular. People are buying his cassettes you know um <laughs> you know we'll bring them in and we'll make money and it's like but it's not a business to us we're doing a lord's business but this is not a business to us you yeah. know and i would help people understand that this is going somewhere and this is making an impact in people's lives yeah so i got final question for you here um anytime you start your career or a relationship or anything that's new there's always the honeymoon phase so like mm-hmm. you're first starting everything's great and exciting right <laughs> for the most part <laughs> hopefully um was there a moment in your career where you had like something either you were on stage or some sort of moment that like reassured you that you were doing the right thing or like still going down the right like i'm st- I, i'm still meant to do this yeah uh-huh. i'm talking about like midway point not like not the beginning point but like you're feeling a little maybe you felt distraught or maybe you're like there's a lot of negativity coming to you because of pioneering something like wow yes it was 1992 1992 yeah it was late it was late 1992 and um so at that point we had been in the industry for five years yeah and we um we were in harlem we were invited to do an event in harlem um d-rocking them you know brothers and we uh we were in harlem and it was enough to make you start wondering okay have i lost my my juice, you know, have sure. I lost the sauce? Do I have the sauce anymore like that? And if there is a place that you need to be to find out yay or nay, it would be in Harlem. <laughs> we do know that the birthplace of hip hop is the South Bronx, but Harlem gave it its notoriety. Okay. Yeah. So I want for people for people who are out there, I know it started in the South Bronx, but in Harlem it 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 got its it, you know, it, it got its notoriety. It got it birthed it, a lot of music. Yeah, there's no question about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's and so, um, I won't forget. I was working on some new tracks actually, um, and um, I was like, "Well, you know, most of these people don't even know who I am, but they were there for some of the local rappers. Yeah, you know, that love the Lord that were there, and you know, so I got you know I got up there, and the track came on." And 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 it was the first time I actually sampled a popular song mm. um, to rap to, and it was. I mean, some people m- may have even have said maybe this song is too soon for you to be doing this because, you know, you usually you would go in the crates, as they would say, as we would, as they we would say, and get something old and yeah. bring it back. Deep cut. Yeah, this was. Yeah, there you go. And but this was like a fairly recent recording you know um uh it was by sergio mendez as a matter of fact and um and so the track dropped and they put a a james brown holler in there sample in there too and the place went crazy and then i went i'm rocking the place with bass it's in your face like mace the place went berserk i almost forgot my lyrics (laughs) 
<laughs> because the crowd and the energy, I mean, threw you off. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then, and then, and I told because Sherman was with this thing, yeah. right? And I said to Sherman because uh, it was going to be on an album. It was going to be on an album sooner or later. And I did like 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 a reprise to it. So yeah. I said, so and Sherman was with me in the studio when I was doing it. And so he says, he says, Mike, do you want me to just keep it going? If no, he says, do you want me to just let the whole thing play? I says, nah, nah, man, that's gonna be too much. I said, when the track is done, the track is done, right? And so I'm doing. So that was before I went out. Yeah, yeah. Because he was running my tracks. So I'm out there, and the crowd is going crazy. And then all of a sudden. The reprise came on, and I'm so glad he did it because he he could tell. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, they are feeling this, and so then, <laughs> and so he just let the track keep going. So it was like a remix, and so so and so and so and because he, if you listen to the album, it was called Out of Control, and that was the, the that was the cut. It was the first track, and so when the track was done, it says, um, uh. I would say, yo, and Sherman would say, yo, Mike Peace, man, are you done yet? And I says, nah, put it back on. But that's on the album, you yeah. know, on the album. But that wasn't there that night. Yeah, yeah. But he was the one that would ask the question. So he knew to just let it go. Mm -hmm. And so it, went, so it came back and was, boom, boom, yeah, 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 boom, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, face booming in your face, the highest in your eyes. Come on, everybody, let me see your rise to your feet, y'all, to the beat, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. And when I got to the yes, yes, y'all, because that's a, it was, still is a popular hip-hop line. Yeah, yeah. You just say yes, yes, y'all. They went crazy. <laughs> they went crazy. They went crazy. And, I went, and after that, I was like, yeah, I, I still got it. I got it. No, I need to keep doing this. Yeah. I'm not done. And if ever I needed to be, you know, affirmed, it's in Harlem. Yeah. If they like you in Harlem, you yeah. all right. Yeah. But, you know, he said about the sauce, do you have to still sauce? Well, every Italian that makes sauce knows that it's best because it's simmering. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sunday we were in Erie, and I listened to this man, and honey, you was, you've been simmering for 38 <laughs> years. He, it was like <laughs> so good. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he, he you were um, amazing. I was like, it just, I was like, and the music, you even changed the music. I didn't even know that. And I was yeah. like, oh my, it was amazing. I, I, and I looked at him again with refreshed eyes mm -hmm. about the gifting and the talent. And, and it helped because one of the girls said, thank you for making, making us feel included the young people the young people in the service it was yeah. really cuz i was there for a conference i was the i was the keynote speaker for the conference the whole weekend yeah yeah but, but i wasn't there for the music and so the pastor's wife the the, the night before said are you going to do something on on sunday morning service are you going to rap so, at service tomorrow and i was like sure sure like <laughs> you know i you know i don't do it unless i'm asked you know and so she said, oh, yeah, you really have to do something. So I did. So that's what Julia's talking about. So I, I did. So, you know, I have tracks that I've updated, you know. Well, he was simmering and then you know, bubble up. And yeah, it, it, it did. She, she's right. It, 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 I, it popped the cork, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it popped the champagne bottle cork, that's for sure. That's awesome. That's good to hear. I mean, I think, like I said, sometimes it's hard, you know, when you're doing any creative work over a span of time. There's, yeah. there's moments that we have that like we need to be 
re- reaffirmed or or remember why we love things that yeah. we do. Even on the other side, some some people can be doing it for so long they just become numb numb to it. Yeah. What I appreciate too when I hear you you know and you tell your stories, Mike, you always say you always say the pronoun we. You never yes, say I. Oh, you uh-huh. just want the listeners to note that he knows that. Mm-hmm. Both That's of them, right. Just because That's he right. was the one on stage. That's um, right. But yeah, thanks for sharing your stories. Um, there are more, obviously, to come because there's a <laughs> lot of stories that you have. Um, but please check us out next episode. Um, we're going to release and have a great day. See ya. See ya.